Hey there, it's Amanda here, the founder of Astrology Hub, and I'd like to invite you to join me and 12 top astrologers for our sixth annual free 2022 forecast panel event happening this December 8th and 9th. And with the USA's Pluto return, the nodal access shift, the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in Pisces, and some other really key transits happening next year, it would be ideal to get the astrological weather forecast early so you can be prepared for what's ahead. You'll hear expert astrological insights from astrologers like Achu Bava, Adam Summer, Stormy Grace, Gary Caton, Michael Bryan, Christopher Renstrom, Jen Zart, and more. The event is free and will be taking place on December 8th and 9th, 2021. If you can't join us live or for the full event, make sure you register so we know to send you the limited time recordings. To reserve your spot, register today at astrologyhub.com slash forecast panel. We hope to see you there. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Astrology Hub podcast. This is our flagship show dedicated to sharing the multitude of astrological perspectives and approaches. We feature up-and-coming astrologers as well as living legends in the field and connect you with experts and thought leaders in fields related to astrology demonstrating how astrology can support you in so many different areas of your life. And today we have a very special episode. This is our final episode of the Frank Answers series on this podcast. And we wanted to come together one last time with Frank to to kind of summarize or encompass the most frequently asked questions from all of you. And we've really been able to boil that down to questions around love, and questions around purpose. So Frank has very graciously agreed to come and do this final culminating episode on how astrology can help you find love and purpose and get clues to what those things are in your life. So we have had the honor and the pleasure of having this series on our platform for about, Frank, have we been doing it for about six months? Is that that sound yeah. about right to you? Just about right. I think so. Yes. Yes. And so Frank has been answering questions from this community and keeping them general enough to help all of you with the different kinds of questions that come up when you're studying astrology, when you're using astrology to help you navigate your life. And so we have an incredible backlog or what what would I call them? A database? No, not a database. An incredible list of reframing astrology of, of the Frank Answers series. And if you're interested in tuning into those past episodes, you can go to astrologyhub.com slash Frank Answers and just go through all of the episodes. They're amazing. They're brilliant. Frank is an incredible teacher and you will learn a lot that will help you not only in your studies of astrology, but then also as you're looking at your own chart and trying to figure out your life. So we're so grateful for that. And that's going to be available to all of you. The other thing that we've done with Frank that we're so proud of that helps so many of our students is a series of courses or classes and workshops called Reframing Astrology. So we started with the Zodiac. So helping you reframe the Zodiac signs. You hear a lot of things about Zodiac signs. Are they true? Are they not true? What about those things that you hear that really like kind of hurt or sting, how can you actually see those as gifts instead of seeing them as things that you just have to deal with in your life or things that you wish you could get rid of? That series, you can you can get the Zodiac signs at astrologyhub.com slash reframing Zodiac signs. 
Again, that's astrologyhub.com slash reframing zodiac signs. We'll put the links in the description of this show. But then also we did a three-part series that followed up from the zodiac signs that went into reframing planets, reframing aspects, re reframing what else, Frank? Oh, combinations, combinations right? Yes, yes. <laughs> combinations. So when you hear things like, oh, this sign goes with this sign, but it doesn't go with this sign, like reframing how the different planets and signs can actually work together because there really is no insurmountable combination of things and insurmountable placement in your chart or insurmountable, you know, planetary placement that it, it all carries an opportunity in it. So that series is available at astrologyhub.com slash reframing astrology. So lots of links, just look in the description of this show and, or go to the Frank answers page on our website and everything is all there in one spot. So if you love Frank, you'll be able to continue learning from him. And we're also going to be doing some amazing things with him in 2022 that I can't disclose yet. We're still working out details, but there will be some more offerings from Frank in 2022. But <laughs> now we want to turn to love and purpose and how astrology can help us decode those things in our own lives. So let's start there, Frank. Hi there. Hi, Amanda. Yes. Hi. It is very much, as you say, very much based on how we frame things. And that's so much based on what we read, but also what we've grown up with and what we feel is karma um, or punishment or um, somebody else's choice. And I just love the idea anytime I look at a horoscope of a birth chart, a transit, whatever it may be as part of astrology, that we can look for the best, look for opportunities to make the most of whatever we have or whatever is coming up and as you said most of the questions that we had on frank answers were some of them were very personal and it was difficult to think about answering those personal questions directly to people without some sort of dialogue after one sentence so i i tended to look to answer questions that were focused on general things like the nodes like retrograde planets like particular planetary combinations that people were worried about. So um, that was an interesting uh, exercise for the past six months, looking at the questions and uh, realizing that some of them probably were too personal or not enough information to to say something constructive and helpful in that soundbite, really. Yeah. And Frank, that's kind of like an ethical question, right? Like there's probably some some astrologers somewhere that would be willing to kind of answer those questions. But for you, it's, you know, without the context, without more information about the person's life, it's it's somewhat potentially dangerous, actually, to answer questions without more context, correct? Um, exactly. And also, you never quite know sometimes what people are really asking. If they're asking about, will it be a good year for me and marriage next year, whatever that may be, there may be a whole background to that in terms of them wanting a divorce, in terms of them um, hoping somebody else might get a divorce. There's always... <laughs> They're layers, and it's um you have to be super careful, really, in trying to answer questions without, as you say, the context, without the with the back, without the background. And I think astrologers sometimes make assumptions about people based on their own experience, your own lens, your own birth chart, and people use their charts, their lives, their talents in a whole bunch of ways that you and I haven't even thought about yet. And so every session, every consultation is a gift 
it's, it's a way to learn about how people use their charts from their different generations, their different backgrounds, their different ideas, belief systems, etc. So it's an ongoing learning process for us as astrologers, but also obviously hopefully useful for anybody else listening. I love any opportunity we have to talk about these things because I, I often say, I don't even know where this quote comes from originally, but with great power comes great responsibility. And being an astrologer and having people come to you and ask questions about their lives, very sensitive, sensitive, intimate questions that are very important for them, it does carry this, this responsibility with it that I think the more we can be mindful of that and the potential impact of your answers and your responses for people, the better. You know, the, the, the more integrity astrology has as a field, and the, the more integrity that astrologers have individually as they practice. So I am thankful for you for continually reminding us of these things and bringing up these important topics to consider and have each astrologer navigate it the way that feels right for them in their own life. Yeah. That, yes. Um, the idea, the principle of do no harm is the, the key that we should all share. And some people are natural counselors, therapists with their astrology. Other people um, are more driven to give advice, predict things, etc. And whatever we do, we just need to be super careful that we don't do any damage. And we've all been there where we said too much or we felt pressured or we felt that astrology should have all the answers to everything that people want. And of course, we have the answers to our own lives. And astrology is a great insight, but it doesn't have every answer, of course. And it's only looking at things through a particular lens. So we need context and we need a bit of um, leeway to keep the door open for other people's experiences and choices that may not include what's going on in their chart. Right. Okay, perfect. So let's talk about love and purpose and mm. astrology and, and what it can answer or what it can show us. When we think of love, um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because a lot of people love their pets, maybe more than they love their family, uh, <laughs> or, or they love their friends, perhaps more than their blood family. Mm -hmm. And so I think the the one place we can look at for those uh, watching now who are perhaps keen to go further than simple sun signs or star signs, to, to look at the moon. And the moon is absolutely the planet to look at when we're looking at love and relating. Often when we begin astrology, we think it's all about Mars and Venus. And we want to know about compatibility and the sexual spark and the attraction and the desire. And yes, those two planetary positions in our charts are going to be super important. Uh, but really, the comfort factor, the idea of the moon says so much about how we've been loved how we therefore go out and need love from other people, how we can love other people. And so I always start with the moon when it comes to relationships. It's the day-to-day -day you. Um, I think I joked on one of the one of the sessions I did for Astrology Hub uh, recently um, in the um, reframing that um, <laughs> that the moon is really what you don't advertise when you're looking for love. It's not going to be on your list of descriptions about who you are. It's really who you are behind closed doors when people get to know you. The ascendant, the rising sign, is almost like your badge, you know, single, interested in learning, studying, loves trips, loves a sense of humor. That's your ascendant. That's your advertising badge. But the moon is really the um, hidden agenda. <laughs> the things where you can get, you're not going to reveal that you get a little bit obsessive in relationships. I'm going to 
I'm going to search your Facebook profile before we meet and make sure, <laughs> you know, all the different extra things that come from a, um, a very needy place. And so the moon is fascinating because it's super important in so many areas, including work, which we'll talk about in a minute, but it's the number one planet to consider. So if you know your moon sign, and there are lots of ways to discover your moon sign online for free and typing in your birth details. Um, ideally, if you've got your birth time, then you'll pretty much know where your moon is. That's the, that's really the first place to look. So I, I would recommend that instead of going straight to Venus, or straight to Mars, or thinking that the sun sign is just all of it, all there is, but it's yeah. certainly the moon. Yeah. Frank, what kind of configurations then? Okay, a couple questions. First of all, if we know that our moon is going to be where our deepest needs are, and potentially the way we respond when we're you know, emotional, or when we're needing comfort, or needing that sense of security, is that something then to to actually disclose if we're wanting to find like a real lasting, you know, if we're, if we're not wanting to like falsely advertise, if we're wanting to be very clear, like, here's who I am, like, I can get a little whatever neurotic, I can, I can get chatty when I'm stressed, I can, you know, whatever those things are, would it be a, if we're looking for something long lasting, would it be something that would be good to actually disclose up front? Yes, I uh, maybe not immediately. Nice to meet you, and uh, this is. And I get really needy. Yeah. Because we try to we try to impress. We use our ascendant, our rising sign, to negotiate those first meetings to be oh, able wow. to navigate through the getting to know you and understanding what do you like, what do I like, and that's the ascendant, but also Venus and in, in likes and what we value. I would say to do it soon because it is the area that's the, the most tender. The moon is the most tender part of our charts. Mm -hmm. And so it's the area that we're afraid to reveal in case it's not lovable. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, if that's not lovable to the person that you're interested in, it's a great reminder that you're with somebody that's not going to be loving you the way you need to be loved. Right. And you know, that that's so sort of being up front with your moon from day two <laughs> or day three um, is, is a really good way of saying, this is who I am. I'm not pretending. I'm not needing you to change that. Being aware of your moon sign, what that means to you, how you act, what you need day to day, all those things. Are, awareness is going to be essential, as always, to anything. But I would say revealing that gives us a sense of this is me and this is the authentic me. I'm not trying to be somebody else. And if I'm trying to be somebody else, it's likely that I'm wanting you to be somebody else as well, or yes. you to fit in with who I would like myself to be. And you set yourself up with a house of cards uh, that is, that's dangerous in a way, I think, uh, without wow. wanting to overstress it, you know? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Frank. Now, one thing that I've experienced with the moon, with my own moon. So my moon is in Gemini. If I expect to get everything from the other person that my moon needs, that's where I run into problems. Knowing my moon. So like, yes, I need, I need someone to talk to when I'm feeling stressed or I'm feeling, you know, emotional, like I need someone to talk to. But if I'm always expecting my intimate partner to be the outlet for that, that's where that can be problematic. But when I recognize that it's not all the pressure for my moon's needs, I don't need to fall on my intimate 
relationship that it could come from my girlfriends. It could come from, from like, I could talk to the dog. Like I could talk, there's, you know, there's other outlets and normally it does come from my, like my sisters, my, my, the women in my life, but that it works just fine. I mean, I don't need to put all that pressure on that relationship. Would you say that's true across the board for all mm. moon signs? I think it's yes and i think it's a problem if we're putting pressure on one person to be everybody i always say you know friends are people we don't sleep with that we don't go you know don't spend the night with or or, or uh, share a bed with in a way and i think there's tremendous pressure these days on the partner the one to be the one and only in terms of what they can provide and i think friends and family and your local smiley astrologer from england whoever can <laughs> give you insight if you can and if you're interested explore your moon in different ways not only without other people do it but we need to learn to feed ourselves mm. and the moon is that sense of how we feed ourselves on a deep emotional level and we really know that when we go through crisis when we go through difficulty one of the things that we learn is that whatever other people say we need to believe in ourselves it's a bit like not feeling attractive not feeling happy with the way you look it doesn't matter what your mum says. Oh, you've always been lovely. And, you know, it doesn't really matter because they love you anyway. You need to feel it yourself. And sometimes we look for it elsewhere and it's sort of shallow, really, ultimately. So it's not only about searching like like your moon in Gemini. It's going to be super important for you to um, find a way to connect the dots in a way that fits you what you need emotionally that's what Gemini does to ask questions yeah. to keep asking questions to not be afraid of that and if you're with somebody who is um, what I call the strong silent type which is usually the inarticulate type but we just frame it as a strong silent type if you're with somebody that can't speak can't converse isn't interested in exploring ideas with you that's going to be a challenge so we need to fit our moons with people who are willing to journey with us in the same direction maybe not always at the same speed but certainly in the same direction and we need to be responsible for looking after quite a healthy dose of our own needs at different times in our lives i think Absolutely. Yeah. Journaling can have the same exact effect as actually having a great conversation with someone for me. So would you, are there certain combinations that would be more flowing and easy, certain combinations that would feel more challenging, definitely not a like deal breaker, but you'd have to be aware that this would be something that you would have to work with and, and can give us some guidance on that. Between people, you mean that? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the way to break down, it's when we're learning, it's a bit like learning tarot and trying to think of 70 plus cards. You have yeah. to break them down. And I think with the 12 signs of the zodiac, whether it's your sun sign or your moon sign or some other um, planet or position, um, breaking it down into elements and modes is really, really helpful. And so I think being looking at your partner's element of their, their moon placement so it could be fire earth air or water is going to give us a really good insight into what motivates them emotionally what they need and fire needs inspiration exchange some excitement something to look forward to and that's the moon in aries leo and sagittarius the air moons 
like yourself, um, that's Gemini, Libra and Aquarius, they really need to connect on a verbal level to be feeling like they're in dialogue, to be able to get some sort of feedback from somebody, to be able to work things out and connect the dots. That They're the air signs. They're motivated by exchange. And then you've got the Earth moons, the Taurus moons, Virgo moons or Capricorn moons that really have a very different sense of, of um, emotional purpose. It's sort of make me feel safe and grounded with my environment, with my regular food, uh, with a sense of having my feet on the ground, um, help me get in touch with my body and my routines. And that's what the earth signs need. And then you've got the water signs with the moon, moon in Cancer, Scorpio or Pisces, and they're needing a deeper connection, often the unspoken so if you've got a partner with a moon in a water sign, it's not about chatting to them for hours and hours and hours and trying to work everything out. It may be sitting with them, listening to some music, connecting on a deeper level, sharing poetry, sharing um, feelings, films. That, that can be a sense of intimacy because the bottom line with the moon is that when we look at somebody else's moon, we say, how can I be intimate with that person? How can I help them feel loved and in exchange how can we both feel like we're feeling loved we're both growing together so the element of the moon is super important to understand where they're coming from emotionally what they're motivated to have daily and to have on an emotional level and would you say that like would you say that the elementals go together or or is it better to have some opposition or is it better to be in a square configure like is there a you know can you give any insight on that yeah well i it's it's funny because what we did with the um with the reframing is to look at the different elements as well and realize that there's um always you know fire and air elementally are said to get on better because they're natural connections you know fire needs air air needs fire and the same with earth and water as a combination but it's amazing how many air moons find themselves being chased by water moons hmm. because there's a very different energy. The water moon person says, how can you keep it all up in your head? <laughs> they don't understand where the air moon comes from in that way. And the water moon person absolutely accesses their emotional reservoir from a very different place and in a di different way. So any sort of elemental combination is going to be fascinating because there are possibilities and potentials with any of them. So I wouldn't say you can't put fire and earth together. If there's understanding and you understand where that person's coming from, any combination can work. Uh, that, that's my sort of starting, starting point with that. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. Is there anything else you want to tell us about astrology and love? Or, would, or do you, would, are you ready to go to purpose? Yeah. Okay. Well, just that the moon, I would start with that. You can mm -hmm. look at Venus and Mars. You can look at the seventh house. You can go into those places with your chart, but really start with the moon. That's the area that needs feeding. It, it needs, uh, it, it needs, uh, the moon always needs some reflection, uh, some sunlight on it to reflect on those key principles. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So let's talk about purpose purpose yes well we think of purpose and vocation and we sometimes get that confused with work and money but yeah. really life purpose is that burning feeling i've got to do something that is 
directly linked to my creativity or my personal reason for being on this planet. So really the sun is the key to understanding your life purpose rather than thinking that it's a series of characteristics of all Scorpios are secretive and dark and like mystery. You know, the sun purpose for each of the signs um, is in essence, it has a particular road to travel. But there aren't just 12 purposes, as we know, different. Um, you'll have, you might have the sun in Scorpio, but it's speaking to Uranus in the chart. It might be in a different house from somebody else's. So there's always lots of different layers. But in essence, the sun represents that sense of what have I signed up to do? Where am I going? What am I in the process of becoming? And that vocation really coming from vocari, the Latin for calling, is that sense of what am I here? Why am I being called? Why am I here in life? And the sun is so watered down in astrology through sun sign forecasts, sun sign books, different things. But it's really a powerful statement about uh, what you signed up to do. So look at the sun for your life purpose and go beyond the idea of these key characteristics. You know, every Scorpio may, the sun in Scorpio may have secrets and mysteries, etc. But deep down, it's here to transform. It's here to get involved and pursue some of the taboo areas of life, some of the areas that we're afraid to look at. Um, so each sign has a deeper life purpose that goes beyond our regular keywords that we learn at the beginning about the signs. Frank, I know you go into this in great detail in our Reframing Zodiac Signs workshop that we did with you. Can I put you on the spot a little bit though? You can totally Please. say no to this question, <laughs> but would you be willing to do a brief run through of the Zodiac signs and just a, like a sentence on what that purpose can be the way that you just did with Scorpio? Yes. Okay. You wouldn't be willing. Okay. But hold on. The other thing I want to do before we do that <laughs> is I would love to ask everybody who's live here now or watching this recording later to put your, if you're, if you want, you don't, of course, don't have to do this, but share your moon sign and share your sun sign so we can get a sense for who's here. And it's always just fun for people to share these things. So you can do that in the chat under, under the video. Um, but do you want to start with Aries? Yes. Okay. Okay. So yes, on the spot, I'm going to have to think about, uh, I'm you're sure. You're so I'm, good at this. I know. I know. Yes. I, I will miss something, I'm sure. But um, in, in um, most importantly with Aries, it's about courage, the courage to follow your own lead, follow your own desires. Every Aries is born to breathe new life into existing ideas. So think of that runner um, in the Olympics that is the, front runner that starts the race and keeps everybody at a particular pace and then drops out because that's their job to kickstart things. So on a deeper level, Aries is, is about the courage to um, stand up and focus on oneself and not be apologizing for that. Yeah. So Taurus, okay. The key issue with Taurus is about understanding um, belongings, that's one of the things Taurus is so linked to. Um, uh, it's talking about the physical realm and your possessions, etc. But in a way, Taurus is is about um, learning to stick to your principles. I often joke that the first word out of Taurus's mouth is no, 
because it learns how to say no and then you have to talk it round. But the the essence of Taurus is that sense of um, being a rock, being a great support, being somebody that's reliable and loyal and steady and strong in order for things to be built. We need that Taurus energy to start things um, and to keep them building. Aries starts it, Taurus develops it, builds it. So that's the strength of the Taurus, um, that um, that sense of purpose for the for the sun in Taurus. With Gemini, we've got a sense of um, trying to understand why. That's the word that comes out of Gemini's mouth, the first word, why. Um, and the, the sun in Gemini's purpose is about taking, and their great talent often is to take complex things and turn them into bite-sized chunks, ideas, keywords, phrases that people can understand. So Gemini's talent, I think truly, and maybe the vocation there is to communicate, discover, make links, find patterns in life, and share those with people. Yeah, it doesn't want to do something that's too deep. That's the opposite sign of Sagittarius. We all have an opposite sign that goes further or does something in a different way. With the sun in Cancer, the key is often to understand the emotional past, um, the relationship with the family, the history, the mother, and often cancer needs to go out into the world and create their own tribe of people that perhaps aren't as involved, <laughs> manipulative, involved uh, with the tribe. So the purpose of cancer is often to unite people on an emotional level where you've got a sense of um, emotional purpose with people. Um, with Leo, it's very much about the discovery of one's creativity of one's um, purpose for being here. That's why the Leo is connected to the sun. So the sun in Leo is that sort of double emphasis on I'm here. It's not really about the audience. It's not about the applause. On a deeper level, Leo is about creating, giving birth to ideas, being a mentor to other people, to help other people flourish. So it's a, um, all these signs have their own power. Leo's power is about recognizing the spotlight within and then helping other people recognize it and helping share that spotlight so other people get illuminated for their own life purpose. Virgo, interesting, Virgo is often downplayed as a sign. It's often thought of as... Um, Oh, you know, after Leo and the pomp and ceremony and the noise and Virgo comes along and and can be very quiet. It can be quite controlling. But the real energy of Virgo is to get to the essence, to get to the heart of the matter. One of the reasons why I called my book Getting to the Heart of the Chart is my Aries-Virgo combination. You sort of get there quickly. You know, you want to get to the essence of something and then develop it, work with it. And that's what Virgo does. And I have my moon in Virgo. For a sun in Virgo person, that life purpose is about craft, is about learning to become an expert in in something, learning to be useful, learning to be of service in a way that really helps the whole and keeps things together. doesn't mean you have to always work for somebody else, but you can be serving a greater purpose in that way. Libra, the essence of Libra is not always about relationships or being in relationships, but it's about trying to address issues of harmony um, or disharmony or balance and imbalance. And Libra is often faced with crippling decisions it needs to make early on in its life between parents or, or 
people who are at war with each other. And the essence of Libra is to become the diplomat, to become the mediator that finds things in common so we can move forward with peace, with respect, with appreciation. So it's on a, a deeper level. It's about relating rather than simply being in a relationship. And then we move to Scorpio. And as you're probably guessing, and we, we, I covered this more in the in the series, that each sign is often a response to the previous sign, often a direct 180 turnabout. Um, and Scorpio, we get to Scorpio after Libra that wants everything nice and balanced. And Scorpio says, I dare you to go somewhere deep, somewhere that's a little bit uncomfortable, somewhere that may be considered taboo or shining a light into the areas of yourself that we that other people find uncomfortable. Again, with Scorpio, another sign like Aries that's linked to Mars, it's about courage, the courage to be authentic, the courage to go deep, the courage to explore, to read between the lines, to get, to find that deeper sense of why are we here and who am I and what's the other side of me that loves um, and hates in the same measure? You know, it's a sign that is very powerful once it gets in touch with all the feelings and understands itself. It loves mystery. It's the sign that um, understands that the biggest mystery in life is itself, to understand all the different deep feelings it has. Then we have Sagittarius that says, hang on a minute, all of that psychology, Scorpio, let's focus on philosophy. And Sagittarius is a, is a sign that's looking to understand the broader meaning of life. So it's opposite science of Gemini says, why? And then Sagittarius says, why not? Or why are we here? What's it all about? And the purpose of the sun in Sagittarius is to really, it's not about going deep in the Scorpio way, but it's about embracing many different ways of living, learning from our international neighbors, learning uh, different philosophies, learning what people believe. Um, Sagittarius is the born traveler, whether it's in the armchair watching or reading or literally climbing mountains and going places. And it always wants to keep learning. It's the eternal student. Um, the journey is always more exciting than the arrival for Sagittarius. And then we have Capricorn, which um, you'll relate to, of course. Um, and Capricorn says, well, yes, you can do all of that, Sagittarius, but what about arriving? What about establishing something that other people can also build upon? So Capricorn's always looking to take its initiative, its ability to commit and structure things in life and create something that's going to be either important for society or something that will last. And the essence of Capricorn is showing what you can do when you've started off sometimes without or not having the advantages. And Capricorn is that long, sometimes slow journey towards mastery where we can say, when we pick up our Oscar, Capricorn can say, um, I can thank everybody, but really it's been a climb of my own. Uh, and that, that obviously it, it recognizes the team, but Capricorn is a proof of what you can do individually if you have aim and you have purpose and a sense of commitment to your life. Then we have Aquarius that looks at Capricorn and says, again, Great job, Capricorn, but what about looking at humanity in a different way? Instead of creating the structures, let's look at the principles of equality, 
egalite, fraternity, all the different um, principles that keep us as a human race together. So the essence of Aquarius is um, a great interest in humanity, in the truth, capital T, the truth, and understanding how that all fits in and how we're all special, but we're all equal as well. We're all made of the same stuff. And ultimately, we all share a, a, a bond, really. That's what Aquarius is about understanding. And finally, Pisces says to Aquarius, yes, that's very nice. Um, but we also have a bond with everything else. And Pisces is all-inclusive. It's not only humanity, it's the animal kingdom, it's space, it's whatever we may encounter in the next few years in the world and beyond. It's the living, breathing earth that we all are part of. And Pisces, the essence of Pisces, often you find um, Pisces is heading towards fame and money and fortune and different things, and it will retreat and come back to a sense of, you know, I've actually got to be the master of my own spiritual journey. And Pisces so often has to reject the idea of what everybody tries to sell these days, and that's fame and money and 15 minutes of fame and fortune, and goes back into a more spiritual purpose where it, it understands the interconnectedness of life. And it's one of those signs that understands that we're all of consequence Everything we do is of consequence, but ultimately we're just a drop in the ocean. And where everything has meaning and consequence, ultimately it's all inconsequential and it's all love and it's all forgiveness and it's all out there and it can be released and drawn back. And it's it's that power of knowing that everything is important, but also ultimately um, everything is working out the way it should. That's a quick journey. <laughs> okay. Oh, that is so good, Frank. You are amazing at that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, it, and, and like each one was approximately the same amount of time. That was, that was actually extraordinarily masterful. Thank you for doing that for all of us. What I love about the way that you do that is it helps us get to that essence. And it also shows us this kaleidoscope that when we like when we see these things in each other and we exalt them and and honor honor them for what they bring to the whole that we truly have this again this symphony or kaleidoscope that is beautiful together not everybody needs to see it the same way we do that actually the the many different perspectives bring in this wholeness that allows us to probably do a lot more than we ever could on our own so i'm just really grateful for that that in and you know in a very short amount of time to have that journey through all those signs and be like wow like each one brings something so important to the table thank you yes definitely they have their part to play and also when you recognize where people are coming from yeah you you know that's who they are and it you become less judgmental of that you become less well why why can't you be more like me yeah. <laughs> or why 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 are you so materialistic or why is the focus on on security and safety knowing where people are coming from is one of the the best ways to live a peaceful um existence away from dispute and war that is <laughs> that would be you know if we can understand our neighbor and understand where they're coming from and leave them alone to blossom and to help them blossom but to leave them alone to be who they are we would um we'd be in a in a nicer world i think yeah, there'd be less um, trying to change each other, trying yeah. to be right and making someone else wrong. 
Yeah, really, really interesting. And and also, I think sometimes giving language to these deeper impulses that we all have can help each individual really own and embody those aspects of themselves and stop apologizing for being who they are and really focus on bringing those qualities to life in a in a in a healthy way you know in a in a productive way because i think sometimes when we're ashamed of these aspects of ourselves then they sort of leak out in ways that that can be toxic you yeah. know that can be harmful but if it's like oh gosh no this is part of me and this is why like this is what it can contribute and i'm going to focus on cultivating that as a gift instead of trying to repress it or deny it or change it which again yeah. that's where the toxicity comes that's where the 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 less useful and potentially harmful aspects of ourselves can come out. Well, they often say that despair is a result of not becoming who you were born to be or feeling who you were born to be. And that's one of the worst things that we can leave the planet feeling, that sense of I haven't been authentic. I haven't just been okay with who I am rather than always trying to be perfect or striving for others to suit our needs exactly or vice versa people pleasing all the different things that come along with with really creating a sense of unhappiness or just discord and it comes back to the moon as well to to feed yourself and to be to be comfortable with yourself and at peace with yourself to be happy not just aspiring to just feel a, a sense of happiness i think is a is a key and to be gratitude you know grateful have gratitude for for all the things that we have around us as well yeah, I mean, people often say, wait, can I change my chart? I think I've definitely had that thought too. Like, can can we, or can I transcend my chart? Can I, you know, can I be someone different? And what you're saying is that this, through this lens, we can really cultivate the gifts of exactly who we are and what we came here to contribute. The other thing, as you were speaking, there was a, a death doula. I cannot remember her name, but she did a study on people's, I mean, in, in the course of her work, she started to become aware of people's dying, most frequent dying sentiment or, or statement, which was, I wish I had lived my life for me and yeah. not for everybody else. Yeah. And that just underscores exactly what you just said, the sense of despair. Like I didn't yeah. do what I came here to do. I didn't, I wasn't who I came here to be which is even probably more important than I didn't do what I came here to do. I wasn't who I came here to be, yeah. which is just like, boom. I don't know if you all feel it, but it's like you can feel that that sense of despair at being looking back at life and being like, wow, I just um, I did it for everybody else. I didn't do it for, yeah. for me. Yeah, And we get mixed up with the idea of achieving something when in fact, if you're being who you're being, you are creating anyway. You don't need the Academy Award. You don't need, you know, there's no pass mark. I don't think there's a pass mark when we die. You know, you could have been more this or you should have done more work or, you know, that, I don't think there's any of that. And just being your authentic self is key to then produce whatever you work as. You're being yourself and you're just creating more of yourself and contributing to the world around you. I think that makes a huge difference rather than getting lost in striving and goals that may may not even belong to you or even represent what you want. Well, thank uh, I, I want to thank you, Frank, for contributing who you are to us here at Astrology Hub. You are modeling it so beautifully 
you know, being in your purpose, in your truth, in your authenticity, and how much of a gift that is to the people around you. So you've done that in so many ways for us here at Astrology Hub already through the Frank Answers series. If you haven't checked that out, that's a free series on the podcast. You can go to astrologyhub.com slash Frank Answers. Go and listen to, they're, they're evergreen, like they're always relevant. They weren't time sensitive. So you can go back and listen and learn more from Frank from this unique lens that he brings to astrology, which is so valuable. And then a great place to start if you're interested in learning from him and becoming a student of Frank's, you can go to astrologyhub.com slash reframing zodiac signs. That's a great place to start. So if you liked what he just did with the 12 signs, he goes even deeper and you'll get more and more insights into your sign, into the signs of everybody around you. You can support your children better. You can be a better partner. You can be a better coworker, a better uh, boss if you have a team. You know, it really infiltrates all areas of life. And so it'd be a great place to start if you love Frank and you love his teaching style. Again, that's astrologyhub.com slash reframing zodiac signs. And Frank, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart and on behalf of this community for everything you have so generously given, given to us as part of the Frank Answers series and as a teacher on this platform. And I personally cannot wait for more. Frank, in 2022, we have a list of incredible workshops and courses and things that Frank would like to offer to our community. And they are really juicy, like really good content that we're very excited to bring to all of you in the future. Well, thank you. Thanks, Amanda. And uh, thanks, everyone. Take care of yourselves and each other. I think that's the, that's the key at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. Thanks, everybody, so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of our community. And thank you, as always, for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.